WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 144, all about the Silmarillion, chapter 4 of Thangol and Melian, and chapter 5 of Eldamar and the Princes of the Eldalie, being the 144th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and right now I am reading The Silmarillion, so you don't have to. Today I am continuing the trend of bringing on wonderful Tolkien talkers. (laughs) What a terrible word I just said, Tolkien talkers. Um, Today joining us is Wizard Way Chris. Welcome. Hello. Hello, everybody on the interwebs. My name is Chris. I am your resident elf boy on TikTok. Yes, and I have invited Chris on to geek out about elves because boy, howdy, do we have a lot of them to discuss today. Yes, yes. We're we're still pretty early in the Silmarillion, but this is the chapter where you get a huge info dump of elvish names. So many. So like, many names. I am I am here many. to help. I know <laughs> I know an obscene amount of background on all of these elves, so I will help wherever I can. But before we dive into all of that, why don't you tell me and the listeners how your um, journey and experience with Lord of the Rings and, and Tolkien, how did that begin? I'll try and condense it. I hadn't heard of Tolkien until the movies came out. I was in high school. I was an angsty teenager and I was dragged to the movies with my family. Didn't want to go. Saw the first movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, absolutely got obsessed. Immediately changed my life. So that became the escape of choice for me during high school. I learned Elvish in 2004-ish. The woman who made the online language lessons that I took ended up later on becoming my life partner. So that's so internet romance somehow. Amazingly like geeky and wonderful. That's fantastic. it's It's the best, and I'm going to break everyone's hearts. Um, so I had her for 12 years. And Sandra passed away September 30th of 2019. She went in her sleep. No one knows why. Uh, In her memory, I decided to relearn Elvish and update my knowledge because a lot of new information has come out about Elvish since 2004. So that's what I have been doing. And that's sort of the direction that my TikTok went is just translating random shit into Elvish for people. And geeks pay my bills now. It's great. (laughs) Well, that's really wonderful that you have found a way to honor her still and that this is something that I'm sure like that's what just amazes me so much about Tolkien is the way that this man was born in the 1800s. Right. (laughs) And something that he created and things that he've done have found ways to interweave into people's lives in such important ways. And that's so wonderful that um, you can remember her through Elvish language right. and yeah, diving, re-diving into it and connecting with more people to talk right. about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the fandom has really played an integral role in my development, you know, from high school onward, because I was constantly involved in like the fan fiction scene and sort of in the background of the language community, which is still mostly on forums, which is why I'm attempting 
to create Sindarin language lessons that are audiovisual. Um, I have the permission of the linguist Fiona Jollings, who literally wrote the book, um, A Fan's Guide to Neo Sindarin. Um, I have permission to adapt her book into AV lessons so people can actually hear me speak Elvish and learn how to speak it, I, I think, more immersively. It's going to be a huge project, but I'm really looking forward to it. Well, that's, re that's really cool and really exciting. And uh, thank you for taking some time in the midst of that to to talk about the, the old Silm. The, Absolutely. The Silmarillion. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> I love this book. It's dry as heck, but I love this book. Oh, boy. Yeah, boy, is it. <laughs> um, well, listeners, today we are actually, I said, and when I messaged Chris, I said this too, um, that I wasn't going to combine any chapters because even short chapters have a whole lot of content in them. Um, and I don't want to rush through anything. But at the same time, chapter four is two pages. Um, yeah, it's very it's a, short. A page and a half. Um, and... And chapter five is a lot more exciting. So <laughs> with a lot more characters being introduced. Um, and so I felt like chapter four could easily be combined. And that being said, when I was looking ahead at some of the other chapter lengths, and there are some in the middle that are like 20 pages long. Yes, 20 so, to 30. Once you get to those interior, oh, like self-contained stories within the Silmarillion, things like Baron and Luthien, the children of Hurin, the fall of Gondolin, all three of those were detailed enough to warrant their own separate books later on. Oh, geez. Yeah. So so having bearing that in mind, I'm sure there are going to be chapters ahead that are two parters. So we we won't be rushing into any of any of this. Chapter four is of Thingol and Melian. Are those correct pronunciations? Correct. You even did All Melian. Right. right. I've been mispronouncing Melian's name for years. I keep wanting to say Melian and that's incorrect. It's Melian. Melian. <laughs> Yeah, Melian, Melian and sounds very much like a mo I don't know, like a modern girl's name, like Melian. Mel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Mel Melian, wait, now I've her, yeah, Melian. Yeah, her Quenya name <laughs> is her Quenya name is Meliana. Um, so oh, that's that's, that's even closer to something that would be more recognizable modern day. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Long story short in this one, Elway really said, um, bros before hoes, never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. Not at all. What bros? <laughs> yeah. So, um, See pretty girl in everyone. woods. <laughs> uh, Elway is one of the elves who was chosen as an ambassador or representative to go check out Valinor. And then he came back with, are they all brothers, Ingwe and... Uh, Finway? They're friends. Friends. Or friends. Yeah. Okay. I cool. mean, they all just have the same name. Great. <laughs> like if, if you if you read other texts by Tolkien, like uh, the nature of Middle Earth, which came out last year, um, these are more I don't want to say recent notes because Tolkien's been dead since the 70s, yes. but uh, every so often new material gets put out by the Tolkien estate. And in this case, we learned that Finway, uh, let's see, Finway, Elway, Olway, 
and Ingwe, which are like most of the names that you got at the very, very beginning of the Silmarillion as like some of the eldest elves, they mm. are actually like the 25th or 26th generation of elves. So wow. that's still really early when you think about it. But uh, but th they're the eldest named elves. So they're they're very okay because <laughs> I knew um that the elves had been on Arda for a while before the Valar like even really knew that they were there and or may you know discover them and all. I didn't know it was that long. So yeah. Um, Cool. Years, years cool. kind of uncounted. Uh, at this point, we aren't really counting time in Middle-earth because there's no sun and moon. There's no real way to, to note the passage of time um, other than just generations. Yeah. So yes, a reminder for everyone, um, Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe were those three ambassadors. Um, Olwe is, I believe, Elwe's... Brother. brother yes yeah they actually are brothers um and elway is leader of the teleri the group of elves that eventually do make it to valinor as we'll see in the next chapter um but they kind of take their time they're a little more hesitant and they kind of do things their own way whereas the vanyar go there immediately no questions asked essentially and the noldor are a little more sl they're slower behind the vanyar but they also get there yes the the teleri the teleri are known as the singers um and this is one group of the elves that then has subgroups and we sort of get into that starting in this chapter because this is where one of the major splits of the teleri happens so is it sorry i noticed that you're saying t teleri is that the yes. pronunciation? Cool. I've been yeah, saying Teleri the whole time. Teleri. <laughs> so um, there's that reminder for you all. First, we are introduced to Melian, who is one of the Maya, the lesser kind of demigod to the Valar, uh, the Maiar. And she lives in the gardens of Lorien. And she is she is comparable to Yavanna, essentially, um, none more beautiful, nor wise, nor more skilled in song of enchantment. Um, she is kind of the best. Um, and she fills the silence of Middle Earth with her voice and the voice of her birds. Yes, the um, nightingales. She's she's magic forest pixie. Like she's she's your hot pixie girl. <laughs> yeah, I, like the ultimate manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> manic pixie dream girl. Exactly. I couldn't think of the exact term. That is it. Um, I believe in my notes, uh, I described her as a hot wood nymph. <laughs> <laughs> well, manic pixie dream girl actually works really well because Lorien is the realm of dreams in Valinor. Perfect. So, like, that's that's, that's so absolutely apt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Melian was the former servant of Este and Vana, which are two of the different Valar. Um, so that's like the tier that's higher up. They would be like the archangels versus the normal angels. So if Melian is an angel, she served the archangels Este and Vana. And you know, I hate putting it in Christianity terms, but it. it resonates with enough people no, that it gives so, you a visual um, it's a point of reference yeah it's so comparable to the bible 
it's just not even funny like Tolkien you're Catholic showing I know really like <laughs> it's whether he you know wanted to admit it or not or denied it later or accepted it later you know like it's here it's yeah, there he, he oscillated <laughs> but he knew that in order to write uh what he wanted to be a believable mythology for the English um that was the original intent and then later he laughed it off as like wow that was hubris I could never um but with that intent originally he knew that he needed to put things in a context uh with a point of reference or a system of organization that would make sense to most english people <laughs> so that's why he, he the keeps, bible it is <laughs> he keeps some of the structure of like the the divine beings yeah um so one day elway is uh walking around in the woods as they're all journeying towards Valinor. Um, and he hears the voice of Melian and an enchantment falls on him. And he forgot then utterly all his people and all the purposes of his mind. So Bro literally lost his mind. Yes. He heard so some he girl goes- sing and went, absolutely dumbstruck yeah finds her (laughs) took her hand and straight away a spell was laid on him and they stand there literally for ages they just stand there hand in hand who needs to breathe who needs to eat not them apparently (laughs) because they're in love they're in love (laughs) um and this is a sort of finding hot women in the woods is kind of an ongoing theme (laughs) for Tolkien this is not the last time this is going to happen it happens Mm -hmm. several times so just take this Mm -hmm. as a precursor like it's gonna happen a few more times yeah um so Olway his brother is like well (laughs) I guess I'm king now (laughs) like are you sure you can't find him you looked everywhere and they're like yeah bro like cannot find him and we're calling out for him he's not answering because Elway's just over here like yeah (laughs) just completely entranced like cartoon heart eyes heart eyes the whole thing just completely dumbstruck like i said and so you know always like well so i mean we're still leaving right and some of the elves are like uh yeah we kind of still want to go to valinor that was kind of the whole point and others are like but he's our king and you know what elway's our king (laughs) props to elway because he has not seen like the whole point of these three ambassadors is that they have seen the light of Valinor mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is. They have beheld the light and and they that's what motivated them and you know convinced them to convince everyone else that this is like a good this is a good idea. Olway was not one of those three that saw it. So he's just taken up the helm here and is like let's go well so so props to Olway yeah serious props to Olway because not only is he dealing with the grief of losing his brother because Elway is nowhere to be found literally losing his brother his brother (laughs) like not to death but just losing him he's lost no one can find him um so not only dealing with the should I stay or should I go because mm-hmm. what if he's just out there and we haven't found him yet? But they look for years and nothing happens. So he then has to grapple with, 
well, what would my brother have wanted me to do if I took over? Like, if he had actually died, what would Elway have wanted? And Elway wanted them to go to Valinor. So he's thinking, this is what my brother would have wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that that changes when Elway comes out of his trance. But uh, some of the elves go with Elway and they end up do traveling over to Valinor. And then other elves are unwilling to forsake Elway. And they stay and keep looking for him and that's why we end up with a huge amount of uh what are then called the sindar elves the gray elves um who stay in beleriand looking for elway and eventually they do find him yes it says that elway never again wait, wait came never again across the sea to valinor so long as he lived so he it's funny that elway would be like what would my well my brother would want us to go to valinor and then elway Mm -hmm. is like what he's like no i forgot i'm 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 cool being king here i'm good here i'm good here so yes he and melian kind of become king and queen of their realm the original power couple they are the power couple of beleriand like i will stand by that statement they are the power couple of beleriand yeah and his people were all the eldar of Beleriand, the Sindar they were named, the Grey Elves, the Elves of the Twilight. Melian lends some of her power to, he is now called Thingol. Yes, I can I can help with some of his names. <laughs> uh, the name Elway is, it's a Quenya name and it just means Starman. You, you see L used everywhere, uh, just E-L. E-L means star. You see that with Elrond, Elros, <laughs> Elrohir, oh, Eladon. All of these L names, um, they all have that same root of L, which means star. So Elway is just L plus Way. Way is just a masculine name ending, uh, which is why you have Olway, Elway, Finway, Ingway. So does that mean Manway is man man? <laughs> Manway is slightly different. I do, I do have his name background too. Let me bring it up really quickly. He's just man man, <laughs> man man. Uh, he's the blessed one. Ugh, uh, Man, okay, so. Manwe, Manwe, Man means blessed and Wei is like, it's just a male name. So one yeah, gotcha. or a man. So yeah, the blessed man. So yeah. And then they, yeah, they grow kind of their kingdom and their realm together. Um, and of the love of Thingol and Melian, there came into the world the fairest of all the children of Elevatar that was or ever shall be. More foreshadowing. <laughs> because it's going to be a while before you get to Beren and Luthien's story. But um, this is this is the only the only documented case in Tolkien's Legendarium of a Maya having a child with an elf. It's the only okay. time it ever happens. Um, so because of that, we're dealing with half divine, half elf. And that's mm. that's what their daughter ends up being. And so she is she is the fairest of them all. It's very Snow yeah. White. Yeah. Yeah. The children are going to be smoking hot. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's the end of chapter four. Again, very short. Chapter five is. <laughs> it's a hot Just mess. So many, so many it things. Is, it okay. is a huge info dump of names because that's of Eldamar and the princes of the Eldalier. Um, Eldalier. Okay. Yeah. All the vowels like, the are elderly. separate. <laughs> uh, the, the vowels are separate. So when when Tolkien has a Quenyan word and it ends with an e that has the double dot on top, the umlaut, 
on top. It's just a reminder for you to speak that vowel separately from the other vowels. Okay. I was, there I are was no trying silent to, end E's. Every I was e trying to pronounced. figure out how that worked with the I-E. Because mm-hmm. I-E is yeah. E. But yeah, with the 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 umlaut. Okay, with the okay. A. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Vanyar and the Noldor, uh, the first two groups of the elves, still making their way over to Valinor. Um, they reach kind of the the edge of Beleriand. Their their land is my correct there. Okay. Yes. Um, and they have reached a huge ocean. Um, because remember, Melkor's f***ed everything up. Uh, you know, he has changed the shape of the world and he's just... Uh, like a petulant child. He kicked yeah. down the lamps. He <laughs> he just, he ruins everything that he possibly can because he wants the chance to create basically by himself. He wanted the chance to create things and that being denied him... He he's wants like, fine. He's like fine. I'm going to corrupt stuff. everything that my that my fellows are going to right. try and create. They have this huge ocean. To the north is a huge like ice mass that they yes. could technically cross, but that would be really dangerous. Think of it like the Bering Strait that connects Alaska yeah. and Russia. Yeah, so Orme, who has been leading them is like now we'll stay here. And Olmo comes up, the, the sea god, our Poseidon, essentially. And he brings with him a whole island. You know, like you do. In the, like in the form of like it's a boat. <laughs> yeah, the the land boat. It's, it's literally yeah. a big island and they crowd all the elves onto that island. And since he's the sea god, he can just push the island yeah. to the other side of the pu- sea. <laughs> I was laughing because there's um, a classic episode of Spongebob and uh, where they're, the the town is being terrorized. I think it's the, the worm a- episode and uh, they're trying to figure out what to do and Patrick is like, let's just take the town and push it over here. And so I was just imagining Duh. just Olmo just like pushing Simple an entire... Solution. <laughs> town yeah um so uh yeah all the elves the the vanyar and the noldor i should say get on this island it mentions that a part of the island breaks off and settles in the bay of the bay of bala something it it, it settles closer to the the shore of beleriand yes um and that is the isle of balar to which afterwards ose often came uh, the interesting thing is that Ose is Balar. They don't really explain that here, but uh, but that's just another name for Ose. So this is this is the tempestuous uh, lesser god of the ocean. He's the one who causes sea storms, right? Yeah. But he's enamored with the coasts. So the coast of Beleriand, Beleriand coming from the word Balar, the Bay of Balar, the Isle of Balar. It's all named for him. <sighs> How, that how, how you like that? How you like that? That makes me mad. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, can we just not have like, like, oh yeah, that's um, that's the Green Hill. It's that's named how, the Green Hill. That because is literally it's a green hill. what Tolkien does, like all the time. His names are really, really simplistic, uh, and they tend to just describe the thing that he's naming. It, but we don't know that because we don't know Elvish, most of us, right? So right. it's like, 
all of these complicated like, names. And then when you learn what the name actually means, it makes you feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly. Oh, of course. Yeah. Kierden the shipwright. Kierden means shipwright. He's just oh, named shipwright. <laughs> so <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. God told So him. that that is how the Vanyar and the Noldor make it to Valinor. Yes. The Teleri, however, sorry, Teleri. Teleri. The Teleri remain behind in Middle Earth. They didn't hear that this was happening. They missed the memo until it was too late. They missed the boat. They literally <laughs> you know? missed the island boat. Yeah. Um, and there were uh, there were several who, like we mentioned before, stayed behind to look for Elway, and they were like not willing to leave at all. Yeah, they weren't. At first, the entire host of them was not willing to leave without Elway. So they all stayed temporarily to look for him. Um, but then, you know, the Vanyar and Noldor are suddenly gone. They're like, wait, like, are, are we not going now? Did we miss our opportunity? And that's when you have that schism between those who follow Elway across the sea eventually and, and those who decide to stay permanently to look for Elway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that go with Olway to continue their journey, they hang out on the coasts by the sea. I guess maybe thinking like, well, maybe the boat will come, the, the island boat will come back. Question mark? Um, and they befriend Ose and Weenin. Yeah, they just have a good time hanging out there. And a reminder that these are the elves that are, they're the sea elves. They really love the water. So they're like, y- this is great. We're we're friends with these like sea demi- demigods. Um, there's music and, you know, it's all cool. We yeah, love this. This the, is fun. The defining attributes of the Teleri, um, because Teleri means the singers they're called the singers so they're a very musical folk um but this sect of them is called the falathrim um the fal falathrim or falmari which those terms might pop up every so often uh the people of the falas the falas being the coast uh that's what falas means so what that meant yeah Yeah. falas is the coast so if you end up with the falathrim that is the people of the coast or the falmari the people of the coast um, so these are the coastline elves, the sea elves that are along the coastline. Uh, yeah. And some of them end up staying. Kirdan is their lord. Uh, and they sort of stay in these couple of different um, dwellings called Brithumbar and Eglarest. But uh, they are some of the ones that end up staying because they like Ose. They're like, we, we kind of have it pretty cushy here being friends with the ocean gods. Um, and so they, they decide, well, you know, we're really happy here. We love the ocean. Do we even need to go to Valinor? And a lot of them think, no, yeah, we're a lot happy of them here. Stay behind. And they become the first mariners of Middle Earth and the first ship makers. Yes. So again, if you're keeping track, we <laughs> the main three groups of elves so far, the Vanyar, the Noldor, the Teleri. Um, within the Tellery, there are the Falathrim, who are the ones that stay behind here. And then in just a second, we'll meet another group uh, that we've already kind of mentioned a bit. But of the Tellery that are, the, they're like, well, wait a minute. We we still do really want to see 
Valinor. So Olmo comes back. Does it mention how? It just says, yeah, besought him to bring them to Amon if they would come. Does he just, I'm just imagining like a giant wave. And they're all bearing, just bearing on top these of the elves. Wave. Yeah, no, that's that's probably as close to accurate as we're gonna get visually. Um, yeah, because I don't think it mentions specifically how Olmo, but Olmo is involved and he gets yeah. them. He he could. We don't know for sure, but he could have you know lifted up a land bridge for them to cross from Beleriand onto this island. Yeah. Okay. The cool. the remaining Isle of Balar. Yeah. If you've thought, okay, finally, this group of elves who were known to Terry, great, they finally made it to Valinor. Hold that thought. We'll come back to it in a second. The tarrying tellery. Then the part of the tellery who stayed behind and did not go to the coast with the rest of the tellery were the Egloth, the Forsaken The Forsaken people, people, yes. And these are the ones who stayed behind. I feel so bad for them. They really were like, we're going to stay here and look for Elway. Don't, Don't feel bad for them. Like... They they miss their friends. And then they never but they chose they never, to stay. Yeah, but they didn't know that Elway was like under this spell, and they didn't. You know, like they probably thought they were doing the right thing. Like this is our Lord. We're meant to follow him. We're meant to really look for him. Um, I mean, they. And- I I have very little pity. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that's but okay. that's just because uh the Sindar have it pretty good um this at this point because Beleriand isn't nearly as besieged by the dark forces of Morgoth at this point. So there are these beautiful forests and you have Oseriand which we'll get introduced to later but that's like the land of seven rivers. And so you have these lush beautiful green places. Um and the elves that do choose to stay behind end up settling these places. And when they find Elway and find with him Melian, Melian has magic, as only a divine being can in Tolkien's world, and she creates what's called the Girdle of Melian, and it encapsulates a couple of the different forests and keeps them absolutely safe from harm for Almost the entirety of the first age and the time that comes prior to that. So, like they've they've got it pretty cushy, and they get Luthien Tenuviel out of it when when they have their daughter Luthien, who's the most beautiful thing sure. ever. So, I mean, you know. However, it says bad. they dwelt in the woods and the hills of Beleriand rather than by the sea, which filled them with sorrow. That's but the true. desire of Amon was ever in their hearts. Yeah. So sure, eventually their, you know, grandchildren probably had yeah, it Yeah, there's, there's still, it's very much like uh, Legolas hearing the cry of the gulls and then feeling that yearning of going over to Valinor, even though he's never been there. Um, it's it's the same, same sort of feel, the same sort of feel that uh, because they know that there's this blessed realm, uh, you know, this is where the gods live. You know, we were told stories from Elway himself being like, you gotta see this place. And then they never get to see it. So yeah, it's, I okay, okay, it's a little sad. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> and then there's there's Elway, our I would say like maybe beside Melkor, like maybe our more problematic he, character who and, just and like, we're and we're only scratching the surface. Granted, like you know it, when you're talking about like this enchanting voice of uh, Maya, 
like how much of this was Elway in Elway's control and how much of it was him literally like under a spell. Um, That's fair. <laughs> but he eventually comes out of it. He comes out of this trance and kind of looks around and is like, wait a minute, this isn't Valinor. Um, and he still desires greatly to see the light of the trees. Um, but instead it says, in the face of Melian, he beheld the light of Amon as in an unclouded mirror. And in that light, he was content. He's like, I've got my little piece of heaven right here. Yeah. He, and he's he, like, wow, my wife is hot. She's so hot. Okay, I'm good now. And then <laughs> lives like, the rest I, of his life. <laughs> I saw Valinor. This is the best part. Like, you'll just have to trust me. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, that's what's happened in Beleriand. And then now we're shifting, looking over across the sea toward Valinor. So remember how Ose had befriended the Teleri. Um, and also remember how Ose kind of has a bit of a temper. Um, yeah. <laughs> he follows them. And I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> um, and I thought something worse would happen. I thought he was going to like rage a huge storm oh, no. or something. It's, it's not too bad. He actually really loves these elves. Like, and yes, he loves he, them. He established a relationship with this sect of, of the elven population. He doesn't really want to see them go. Yeah, yeah. So Olmo also understands, um, it says, understands the heart of the Teleri, as Ose does. Olmo actually was one of the people, one of the Valar who, in the council a couple chapters ago, they were debating, like, do we let, do we bring the elves here where they're going to be safer? Do we let them do their own thing down there? Or I guess over there. Olmo was one of the ones that thought that they should remain in Middle-earth. And so they eventually come to an agreement and they stop this island or create an island um, kind of off the coast of Valinor. And it is Tol Erasea. Correct. The Lonely Isle, which begs the question, are the Lonely Island Tolkien fans? Ha. The band. <laughs> which... Might not be wrong because um, I'm a big Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan. I don't know how much Andy Samberg had in the, like, how much um, influence Andy Samberg had in the writer's room, but it's really, it was really funny to be watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine after I started reading Lord of the Rings and stuff. And there are a lot of, like, random Lord of the Rings and Tolkien references that the characters say. Oh, so, yeah. So, like, clearly geeks, someone geeks in the writer's geeking. room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone in the Brooklyn Nine-Nine writer's room was a Lord of the Rings fan. So maybe, and maybe. it was Andy Samberg all along. Anyway, so that's just all so I can So what you're saying of. is when the Teleri are taking this island, you know, to just off the coast of Valinor, they're all singing, I'm on a boat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Take a good hard look at, at this, this mother boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat and it's going fast and oh my god. I mean it's accurate though. <laughs> what a great song. I'm on um, a that boat. was definitely that song came out where like I was at an age where I knew curse words. And like I was saying them with my friends, There's, but there I was, was still some novelty to it. Like how terrified it was. of like adults hearing me say those words, you know? Same, same. 
Yeah. So anyway, so the teller, the tellery have still not made it to Valinor officially. They are Valinor adjacent. Adjacent. Yes. They're like almost there, but they're still on their own island doing their own thing because they still want to, I guess, hang out with Olmo. They want to hang out with Ose. Um, and because they are the they are the sea elves, this group in particular. Um, and so they hang out there. And this is where um, it says the, this is what caused the sundering of their speech from that of the Vanyar and the Noldor. So they start developing differentiations in mm-hmm. their language because they are living in their own island. Yes. Uh, we don't get too many examples of proper like Telerin Elvish, uh, but it is, you know, one of those things that because of the space between them, much like the Sindar develop Sindarin, <laughs> it becomes a completely different language uh, of the elves compared to Quenya, which is spoken by the Noldor and the Vanyar in Valinor. So these languages evolve separately um and the same thing for for the telerin elvish um so yeah we have basically three different yeah. kinds of elvish now i saw recently it was probably on tiktok um the explanation that like this american southern accent comes from like the original like british accent hmm. and the way that a british accent a british accent slowed down i think is the way that they explained it sounds similar to a southern accent an american southern accent um and so this person was explaining that and how like the you know slowly over time that's how like mm-hmm. people who it's how you know, dialects form whatever. right it's it's yeah, how dialects yeah, dialect. form so like um which is the same spoken or written language but but it sounds different anyway the vanyar and the noldor they are on valinor they're chilling having a good time however they still want to see the stars because that is where they they were born they came of the stars that was the first thing they saw and all that jazz the valar create a gap in the great walls of the pelori and in a valley they raise up a hill named tuna just name tuna just to to help people because everyone's like tuna like the fish um it's it's hard to not think that when you see it on the page but originally it was just tune it was t-u-n and i don't know why he added the a on the end and went with it but tuna that's what the man did it 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 started as t-u with a uh, a carrot or circumflex accent and then n so it was just t-u-n and then he added the A and it became tuna. For whatever, yeah. <laughs> On this hill, they built their own city, Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion. Tyrion. Okay, great. So they make their own city on this hill that is kind of near or in front of this gap in the wall so that they can still see the stars. They are given, Yavanna gives them um, a kind of a copy, but a lesser copy of one of them fancy trees that we talked about earlier. Um, and this one is named Galathilion. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. I had to read all the syllables. and Yeah, Galathilion. And that that is basically like a... A brother tree to Telperion. Telperion is the elder of the two trees of Valinor. It's the silver tree. Um, Which, because the silver tree 
is kind of like as close as you're going to get to the starlight in Valinor. Um, it tended to be more treasured by the elves. The elves, uh, the ones who go to Valinor are called the Eldar, um, the ones who undertake this journey, even if they don't make it, because the Sindar are still considered the Eldar. Um, the Eldar elves, their name itself means star people. Because again, El, remember? Eladon, Elrond, mm-hmm. Elway, everything. Um, it all has to do with the stars. So when you, whenever you have anything that resembles the stars, it tends to be like the elves put their, put their hands on it and say right. mine. Um, yeah. So they, they see the two trees and they're like, ooh, we like the silver one. Uh, can we have one of those pretty trees? And Yavanna's like, sure. Sure, here it's, you go. It's not It's not as good as the original. It's not as good as the original, but consider it'll it like do a, blood, the job. a brother tree. This is a blood brother tree. So we have to mention that the Vanyar are the I don't like them because they are the snooty like older them. oldest child, you know. They can do no wrong. And uh they are Manways. <laughs> And Varda's favorite. They are. Remember, they are the fair elves. They're fancy pantsy. Um, and spoiler alert, eventually they think they're too good for Tyrion and they just go up to where where are the Velar? What's the name of that? Manway and Varda live on a, a very tall peak called Teniquitil. And Tini- that's it. That's yeah. Teniquitil is like the big mountain. Tiniquitil. I actually have a painting of it in my room because my whole room is supposed to be Manwe, Manwe and Varda themed. Um, <laughs> because I'm a geek. Uh, and <laughs> oh, really? I didn't. Uh, I couldn't tell. If you couldn't tell. What? <laughs> so uh, Teniquitil is a very very tall mountain, and Manwe and Varda sort of live at the top of it. So. In the Vanyar's defense, I wouldn't want to climb that mountain and go across a field to get back and forth from Tyrion up to Taniquatil. Yeah, the I time. mean, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> like, move to where you're constantly commuting to. I get that. Right. <laughs> um, the Noldor were much beloved of Aule, and it says, great became their knowledge and skill that eventually they surpassed their teachers mm-hmm. and they learn a lot of speech and I guess like linguistics and they come to start, I guess, mining mm-hmm. <laughs> and they discover tons of it just says earth gems. Yeah, earth gems. And they, they learn they find earth gems, they find ore, they find all of the things that the earth yeah. has to offer. And they also yeah. develop tools for cutting and shaping them and carving them. And it says they hoarded them not, but gave them freely. My question is, this sounds an awful lot like dwarves? Yes. Okay, so... Because, <laughs> I mean, and that and like that would be natural because Aule is the one who created yes. dwarves. Yes. So, like, so Aule, the- Aule's name itself means inventor. He is the inventor god. So that's why it's it's not just mining. It's the invention of everything. It's tools. It's language and communication. It's the pursuit of knowledge and utilizing that knowledge in a way that can be shared. Um, that's what Aule is all about. But everyone that ever went wrong and became evil also came from Aule. So there's kind of this... There's a dark side to the pursuit of knowledge and what knowledge oh, yeah. and how mm-hmm. knowledge is converted into power and how power corrupts. Um, so we we do get a certain it's like they're too alike to get along when it comes to the Noldor and 
uh, and the dwarves, or the Naugrim. Um, they are in some ways cut from the same cloth, because, like you said, they're both beloved by Aule. Aule wanted to teach them everything. Um, the dwarves just develop differently later on. But there's a lot of similarity there, where the elves get obsessed with mining things, with creating gems. That's how we get the Silmarils later on. Mm. And and it's it is that struggle that becomes uh that that struggle with power and creation that then carries over into back into Beleriand and why we see so much struggle between the Noldor and the dwarfs. Because it, they're okay, too they're yeah. too alike. It's like, you know, a father and, sense, it's yeah, like a father yeah. and son that are so alike that they don't get along. Um, because right, they butt right. heads. It's a, it's the same kind of concept. Um, the elves and, um, just did it first. <laughs> yeah. Should mention, it also says here that the Noldor afterwards came back to Middle-earth, and this tale tells mostly of their deeds. Yes. So the Noldor, we will hear a lot about in oh, yeah. the coming future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and given like my very little knowledge, I know... The name of the book is The Silmarillion. I know there are gems named The Silmarils. I know that the Noldor, you know, mine for gems and create things out of them. So, like, I see, you know, the pieces being laid down here, yes. I guess. This is, this is all sort of setting the stage. It's introducing you to all of the pieces so that you can then follow the chess game to follow. Yeah. Speaking of pieces, we're about to get a whole lot more. So Segway accepted. <laughs> we have Finway, who is the the ambassador, the king of the Noldor, who yes. led them here. His three sons were Fenor, Feanor, 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 Fingolfin. Correct. That see that sounds wrong. In Finarfin, those Finarfin. sound wrong. Like those sound are awful. No, but... you, you even got the <laughs> emphasis right because the emphasis goes on the second to last syllable. So it's Fingolfin, oh not Fingolfin. It's Fingolfin and Finarfin. Fingolfin and Finarfin. Golfin, um, Golfin, Narf. And <laughs> possibly worth mentioning, Feanor has a different mother than the other two. This is essential so... information later on. This is a big say, deal. Just knowing like how, I don't know, just like the way that a lot of tropes play out in a lot of other fantasy and pieces of media. Oh, if yeah. there's like one child who has a different parent than the rest of them, they're treated differently in some way, whether that's better or worse. But like, you know, that's what's very terrible. Common. What's really terrible here is we we know who the main character is based on who's losing their parents. Tolkien used that trope too, like the orphan kid uh, kind of yeah. thing. The orphan kid that ends up being the main. Character. I wasn't even thinking about it in that way. I was just like, Happens "Oh, the they time. got divorced, and sh and he married another woman and had the other two sons." Yeah, um, Finway. Oh, I was thinking Finway, about the fact that like Finway's a great guy, but he's not the main character. He he has his first wife. Her name is Miriel. Uh, which means jewel daughter, so that's kind of nice. Miriel is his first wife, and with her, they have Feanaro or Feanor. Um, Feanaro being his uh, mother name. And I'm going to have to explain a little something about names, because it every elf has two to five names. Oh, so yeah. things are going to get really it's messy, annoying. and so I'm going to explain the mechanics of why that is really quickly. So... There is the father name. The father name is given to an elf 
pretty close to their birth, uh, typically given by the father to the child. And that is like their formal name. Then they're, they're given usually a few years later, once the parents have gotten to know the kid a little bit, um, they are given a mother name. The mother name is typically given by the mother and it's given with a certain prophetic foresight. So it typically says something about the character or the fate of that person. So that'll typically be a lot more telling uh, of a name if you know the elvish roots of, of whatever the character's name is. And then after those two names, an elf can take their own name. They can choose their own name, their chosen name. Uh, not all of them do, but some of them do. So then you end up with a chosen name and then epises. Epises are after names. And those are given based on deeds that they do or defining attributes, but it's typically given to them by the, the people that they govern or what have you. The people that mm. know them give them names. Um, in the case of Galadriel, Galadriel is her epice. It was the name given to her by Celeborn, the guy she marries. Celeborn gave her the name Galadriel. I don't know that I like that. <laughs> it's kind of cute, but... That makes me that makes me mad that the name that we know her by... It's not her famous. actual name. Yeah, <laughs> it's not her it given the name. the name that her husband gave her. It was considered the most beautiful of her names. And it is it, it is makes... really poetic because that, yeah, that takes it to another level. But it is the name that her husband gave her. Yeah. <laughs> well, makes me mad. I'm glad we won't ever have to deal with her when, um, in this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she doesn't play a part. Um, I'm glad we never see her. Then... Feanor, we we have like kind of Feanor is the mightiest in skill of word and of hand. Fingolfin mm -hmm. was the strongest, most steadfast, and most valiant. valiant. And Finarfin was the fairest and most wise of heart. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our little introduction to these three. Then Feanor has seven sons. Yep. Made Father Thros Feanor had many ma sons. Ma Maedros the Tall. Maedros, Maedros. Maedros the Tall. Maglor the Mighty Singer. Kelagorm mm -hmm. the Fair. Carinthir mm -hmm. the Dark. Kurufen the Crafty. <laughs> which sounds like, you know, like a Loki trickster thing, but it's liter like literally craftsman. Yeah. Like it's who skilled. inherited his father's skill of hand. Yeah. <laughs> And the youngest, Amrod and Amros, were twin brothers. So those those are the seven sons of Feanor. The seven sons of Feanor. The first son of Fenway. Um, then <laughs> this and this is this is a you know welcome to the family Feanor. Um, I I actually did a parody of the family Madri Madrigal um, and changed it to the family Feanor. I just haven't published it yet. <laughs> Uh, but if we talk we talk about all seven of his sons because they're very distinct and every single one of them has a role to play in in the Silmarillion. Like the sons of Feanor are a huge component of what happens in these stories, and they're just they're sprinkled throughout everything. They're, the sons of Feanor are never too far behind when a Silmaril is is doing anything. Oh so it's good to. I get can't wait to see what the tall one does. <laughs> Oh, it's poor Maedros. Like, okay. <laughs> like, you'll, the tall. <laughs> the tall. The the interesting thing, like, 
this is stuff that just unless you do a ton of research behind the scenes, they don't really tell you this in the Silmarillion. But most of the names that you just gave for the Seven Sons of Feanor are Cinderinized versions of their Quenya mother names. Mm-hmm. So these are all except one are based off of their mother names or their more prophetic names that were given by Nerdanel, their mother. Um, so Maedros means shapely redhead. <laughs> He's the hot redhead. Oh, he's the just a tall. He's the sexy redhead, redhead of the story. I don't know why that makes me a lot like. <laughs> what are we gonna like? Oh, we'll name you for your singing voice and you for your heart. It's better. Hey, it's better than his. It's better than tall. his father name. His father name is Nelia Finway, which just means third Finway because Finway. Feanor, the third, yeah, Maedros. So he is he is the grandson of Finway. Therefore, he is the third Finway. I'm like, well, that's lame. I'm glad he went with with the other names because his (laughs) his other two names. His mother name is Maitimo, which means well shaped one, and his episode, the given name that he gets later on, is Rusindol, which means um, copper top for his red hair. So Maedros is sort of a smushing together of those last two names. See, the well-shaped one in Coppertop becomes Shapely Redhead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then next, the second son of Finway, Fingolfin, Mm -hmm. has two sons, Fingon and Turgon. Mm -hmm. And and he also has a daughter, Aradhel, the white. Aradhel. Aradhel. D-H in... She grows up to be really tall and beautiful and amazing and... Honestly, kind of possibly like another manic pixie dream girl because she also like hunts and rides and stuff. So like she is like in all essence of like a YA character yeah. of like the girl who like skateboards, but also does yeah. it in a dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> feminine, but active. Right. Like the, yeah. the perfect combination that men can't resist. And this is unfortunately going to bite her in the ass later on. Oh, <laughs> um, so she is later named Arthaniel. <laughs> Arfaniel, 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 mm-hmm. the white lady of the Noldor, for she was pale, <laughs> though her hair was dark. <laughs> yeah. And she always wears silver and white. So I don't know why that's funny. And then the youngest son, Finarfin, has four sons and a daughter. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Finrod, who afterwards was named Felagund, Oradreth, Angrod, a and Agnor. Close. Angrod and Agnor. Uh, Angrod? Like Ang. Like Ang, but Ang. Ang. <laughs> like in the... in the Avatar. <laughs> in the ad- movie adaptation that we pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. M. Night Shyamalan's Ang. Um, it's it's Angrod. Angrod. Uh, and, then, and then Agnor. Agnor. Close enough. <laughs> I think it works <laughs> for me. These, these two are inconsequential you will barely see great them. that's all i care about yeah you don't, um, you don't need to say these names right they're not um, huge and characters. then another inconsequential person is their sister galadriel yeah who cares about her and fi- i was like that one i know <laughs> like slam book down finally finally a character i recognize it's that moment in um ghostbusters where they get the first call for their first ghost, <laughs> and she hangs up the phone and goes, "We got one." <laughs> uh, no, that that is that is what, I, what it felt. Th- like. That's what I think. Everyone who read the Lord of the Rings first 
and then tried to tackle the Silmarillion, they're like, oh, finally. Finally, finally there's one name I recognize. Of those bajillion elf names that we just went through, the Mm -hmm. ones that stand out to me that I have either heard people on TikTok reference or people with the Lord of the Rings series coming up bring up or mention, um, I've heard Feanor, Mm -hmm. I've heard Finrod, and obviously Galadriel. And I believe um, the... Uh, explanation we have for what Galadriel is doing in the Amazon Prime series is that possible spoilers for the Silmarillion. So if you don't want to find out, then I guess fast forward 30 seconds is that she is, I believe, avenging the death of Finrod, her brother, from some battle or uh, looking into that or, or something like that. But Finrod has died. And that's why Galadriel is like out fighting, doing stuff in the series. Which is plausible, so, but I feel like they are probably we'll just have to they're probably going happens. they're probably going to change the background of Finrod if they do that, which okay. I won't be thrilled about because Finrod is an amazing character. So of those million names, without going without saying anything more, I guess sure. who can you name the ones that we should remember? The ones you should going remember. forward. Um, definitely Feanor. There will be all all seven of his sons, but really mostly Maedros, his eldest. Maedros okay. the Tall, the sexy redhead. Um, okay. <laughs> you'll want to keep an eye on Maedros. Kelegorm and Kudorfin, which are two of those middle sons of Feanor, they tend to be paired together. They tend to get mm-hmm. into trouble together. You'll want to keep an eye on Turgon. Okay. Uh, not only for what he does, but for his association with other characters. And Finrod, the eldest, the okay. eldest son of Finarfin. So delete the rest from my brain. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and delete <laughs> Control um, A, delete. Right, cool. <laughs> so coming back once more to the Tellery. Yes. Who are still technically not in Valinor. They're close to it, but not there. They're on Tol um, Ersea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're on Tol Ersea. They've been there for a while. They're still having a good time, but they are um, they are much much like Frodo or Sam. I can't remember who said it. Would you know? I would not have you be split in two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're torn between their love of the water and Olmo and Ose and everything, and then their desire to be with the rest of their people and also see the light of Valinor, you know, for themselves. Yes, the this sect of the Teleri were very close to the Noldor. Um, they were very close friends. And you look at uh, Finway and Olway, Finway and Elway. Um, so Finway and those two brothers, <laughs> they they were also really close friends. And so when Elway doesn't come at all, Finway's very upset about it. He's really sad that he doesn't get to see his best friend again. Um, so these two peoples, they sort of follow suit. If if the leaders of the people are friends, typically the people themselves are also friends. Right, yeah. So Osei, he's upset, he's sad, but he teaches them how to build ships nonetheless um, and kind of is like a last gift to them. And they are given swans to draw the ships um, over to the land. And thus, at last and latest, they came to Amman and the shores of Eldamar. Yay! Yay! They made it! They made finally, it finally! It's about time. <laughs> it took them how long? <laughs> Looking at the watch. Yeah. So they 
hung it's it just says there they dwelt so i guess they stayed on the shores yes um they scatter a lot of the gems and crystals and pearls that the noldor give them along the beaches and so everything's really pretty everything's and they find sparkly. pearls in the sea as well so they make it look beautiful um and they sail a lot using this new, you know, gift that knowledge that they have. Um, so they just enjoy their time being the the, the, the mariners. Elves. Yeah, the mariners. The sea elves. So we yeah. we have we now have two sects of mariners on opposite sides of the great sea. So you have oh yeah, that's you, a great point. you have you have the the sea elves that are still on the coast of Beleriand, and you have the sea elves that are now on the coast of Valinor. Much like the northern and southern water tribes. Yeah. Except for this, I guess would be eastern and western. Eastern and western. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's actually a really good comparison because yeah, there are similarities, but then because they are so completely polar opposite sides of the world at that point, they also develop separately. And so you'll you'll yeah. you'll see this sort of connection of viewing them as kin, but also recognizing that you have you have separated. That they're, they're different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like we mentioned earlier, the Vanyar eventually leave behind Tyrion and just go live with, you know, Manwe and uh, Varda up on the mountaintop. Varda yeah. up there, right? Um, and they became sundered from the Noldor, which sounds very, like, It sounds a lot more like, intense final, than it know? actually is. Like, it's just that they moved away. And, you know, again, when you're that high up on the mountain, you're not going to go up and down if you can help it. So while I'm sure trade existed between the Noldor and the Vanyar, uh, they just, they weren't, they weren't constantly around you know each other anymore because the Vanyar moved out of Tyrion and they're like, well, this is our our home, so we're not going anywhere. Bye. Yeah, but it it just didn't surprise me that the what are they the fair elves like the highest of them and like their most favorite. <laughs> I love by... that you have a negative connotation with the Vanyar. <laughs> I mean, they just seem like 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 the one percent, you snooty, know, snooty uppity elves. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, the Al <laughs> Alqualonde. Alqualonde, yes. Alqualonde. Um, is that I, I guess the the village that the that's the main dwelling on the seaside. Yeah, that's that's their Tellery. big dwelling. Make their little mm -hmm. village right on the, on the coast. Okay. Right on the coast there. Whatever. Point being, Olway and Fenway, they're buds, so their people are buds yep. too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'll be honest, I didn't highlight or take notes or anything on this last paragraph, so I remember nothing. It just says, Feanor and his sons abode seldom in one place for long, but traveled far and wide upon the confines of Valinor, going even to the borders of the dark and the cold shores of the outer sea, seeking the unknown. Uh, they, they really, guests. they really like to explore. Like Feanor and his sons, like as problematic as they end up being, they have a true, like vivacious nature. Um, Feanor's name means fire spirit. It means spirit fire. Uh, so he is literally the fiery guy. He's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of hunger for for knowledge and creativity and just that is his MO and he gives that to all of his sons. Um and you'll you'll see how there there's just sort of a special connection between him and his sons even though Fanor's 
not a nice guy and he's not a great father. <laughs> but but just there's there's some sort of inexplicable link between him and his sons where at the very least they respect the heck out of him. Well, um that is the end of of that chapter. So much about elves the whole time I was just so like so much. Okay, great. Like this is another like break off of the elves that form their own group and like these ones are called the blah 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 and these ones have their own fill and I'm like This is when people oh God, this is when blah. people typically if if they're a visual learner like I tend to be, um I'm a visual kinesthetic person. So if I sit down and take the time to write out a chart like a, a lineage yeah, chart. If I take the time to write it down and then I color code it or something, so you know the Feanorians are red and the and Fingolfin is blue and and Finarfin is green and all of their kids are color coded. Um, if I do that, it helps me remember who the heck these people yeah, are. Yeah, I needed a, a this family is when, tree. This is when people start to take notes like that because you you yeah. just got dumped. What like two dozen names i also i desperately need to look up a more complete map because the map that's in the back of my book only shows like the ocean and then Beleriand, Beleriand, and that's yeah and like half of the like half of the so it doesn't show me where like when it was talking about the island that right. the teller are on in relation to Valinor, Valinor. Val no wait Valinor <laughs> you had it you had it <laughs> god um and then you know like the where the the hill is that the Noldor are on and Tyrion, Tyrion and in relation to Tuna. you know I'm yeah. like I need all of that included in the map too so like yeah it's definitely getting like it's just so yeah. much luckily to keep track you can of. you can Google it there are a couple different versions oh yeah of it. I, it's just a matter of yeah I need to do that well that will bring us to the end of the episode Chris thank you so much for coming on welcome. and diving into the many elves that we met today um where can people find you on the internet my handle everywhere is the same i'm on twitter tiktok instagram uh i primarily stream on youtube and it's all wizard way chris so wizard way chris with a k and i also have a website which is elfboy.com elf hyphen boi.com uh where i update people about the language lessons that I'm working on, the video language lessons. And I just have a lot of geeky stuff over there. That's where you can buy my merch. I do all sorts of Elvish merch. And that is also where you can contact me if you want a custom Elvish translation done, because I do those too. I believe you've done a few for Don Marshall, oh, yeah. right? Uh, I did his, I did his yeah. t-shirts. You did Yeet Isildur? I did not. Yeet Isildur is not the one that I did. Uh, that that predates okay. my relationship with Don. But um, I did the Get the Healing Poke, uh, the Get Vaccinated shirts. I also did the mm. uh, You're All Welcome Here because people are yes. being a-holes about, you know, being gatekeeping about who can be fans and who can't. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did those shirts. I did the mummy, sorry, uh, in Elvish. That's the one I was thinking about. Mummy and That's daddy, what I was sorry. About when I yeah, said I did that too. Yeah. Uh, and recently, I I actually got introduced to Cammy Cat for anyone who is a and d fan. She does original songs for her D&D campaigns. She has about 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. She's kind of a big deal. Um, she hired me to translate an entire song into Elvish, and that's coming out in the next week. So if anyone 
listens to the podcast. Hopefully it'll be out by the time you hear this. So check out Cammy Cat on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, go to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Perspective Z. The cover is by Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. You can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurndown for what. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available, which I did just recently update to try and refresh and be able to better show my appreciation for my wonderful patrons, such as Alan. Alan, thank you so much for continuing to support the podcast and sending me funny memes when you find them. I very much appreciate it. Thank you again for coming on. All of that being said, do you have any parting words for the audience? Don't let all of the names overwhelm you. Like, if you forget all of the names that we just covered in Chapter 5, it is okay because they will be restated a bunch of times. But you can do this. I believe in you. It is not an easy book to cover, but that's why you have us to help you along the way. And that's what I'm talking about. Talking about.